Welcome to the first episode of Big Idea, a comedy by yours truly, Nigel Holloway, performed by the Concept Players Theatre Company. Big Idea was written for the stage, but has been adapted in six parts so that it's easier for you to download. If you heard our first podcast, Ripping Off Angels, you'll know the members of the Off the Wall Theatre Company already. But for those of you who don't, we'll join them in the small village hall where they rehearse and where Jack, the chairman, is playing with his latest technological toy. Appropriately enough, an iPod. What the hell are you doing, Jack? Jack! Jack! Oh, sorry, Aggie, it's his new toy. What is it? It's an iPod. Yes, of course it is, Anne. And you that? Uh, nice, isn't it? Anne, much as I hate to ask, but what is an iPod? Oh, it's an MP3 player. Of course it is. <laughs> right. Anne, what's an MP3? It's an MP3 player. Yes, Jack! Sorry. It's like a Walkman. Ah, at last, a word I recognise. So it plays music. Where'd you get the discs? It doesn't use discs. You have to spend hours downloading stuff off the internet. So what's the big deal? You don't need discs. You download stuff from the internet. And it doesn't have to be music. Right. I didn't know they were making audio pornography these days. I could talk dirty to you for nothing if you liked. Oh, no, no, you don't understand. Joke, Jack. Uh, oh, yes, uh, sorry, I'm uh, losing my sense of humour. So why are we meeting tonight? Jack's got an announcement to make, Aggie. After the success of The Importance of Being Earnest, our next show is going to be a bit different. We obviously have different definitions of the word success, Anne. So how is the next show going to be different? Oh, yes. Uh, very different. Uh, something we haven't attempted before. There are lots of shows we haven't done before. No, no, you don't understand. I don't mean we haven't done it before. Uh, well, we, we haven't. But, uh, but I mean, no. No, you will just have to wait until later. Story of my life, Anne. And mine. Ah, here come the troops. <laughs> okay, right, everyone. Thank you so much for coming early. Just a short announcement. Something exciting has turned up. Well, I hope you will think it's exciting, at least... Uh, it's to do with Jonathan. He's been run over by a bus. No. <laughs> Jumped out of an aeroplane. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Uh, pity we could do with a new producer. That's very uncharitable, Richard. Yeah, but true. Oh, not at all. Uh, just because you don't agree with his methods. It's not that, Jack. He's just hopeless. He couldn't direct his way out of a paper bag. Now, now, everyone, that's not why I called you here early this evening. So what is it, Jack? I'm waiting to be excited over here. But so far, the only thing remotely exciting is Sharon's new cardigan. <laughs> oh, Barney, behave yourself. 
We're not here to discuss Sharon's new cardigan. Oh, do you like it? Oh, yes. It's a bit uh, large. Oh, it keeps me really warm. Oh, yes. Could I get in there with you? I'm feeling a bit cold myself. Shut up. Ow! Have you quite finished? Now, about Jonathan. I, I know he's not here, but he was quite happy for me to tell you about his exciting news. He's emigrating! Hey! Hey! No! He's not emigrating. He's giving up the theatre! Yeah. Oh, now stop it, all of you. The surprise is that he's been asked to write a play. A play? What sort of play? Well, a stage play, I understand. What idiot would ask him to write a play? <laughs> An idiot from the BBC, apparently, Aggie. Really? Why would they do that? There are plenty of talented people out there who can really write things. Why would they ask Jonathan? If you just listen, it seems that Jonathan was in university with somebody called Alice there who joined the BBC and is now something to do with a new series they're making about people who do extraordinary things. Then why aren't they making it about Richard? I don't understand. Well, he's done extraordinary things. What? Well, how many people do you know who joined the Mile High Club on a number 10 bus? <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I call extraordinary. Oh, really, Barney? This is not a joke. No, and neither was that. <laughs> yes, yes, all right, everyone, settle down. It seems that Jonathan's greatest ambition is to write a play, and that's what the television series is about. The BBC give the opportunity for individuals to make their greatest ambition come true and make a program about it. Apparently it's called Big Idea. So what's that got to do with us? Ah, you see, the ambition can't be one you could achieve by spending lots of money. Otherwise, everybody who had the ambition to go to, say, the South Pole uh, could be eligible. Oh, I didn't know Jonathan wanted to go to the South Pole. He doesn't. But you said... No, he didn't. That's just wishful thinking on our part. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to the South Pole. It's not very impressive. It's only three feet high and your washing line is more interesting. Oh, is it? I thought it would be bigger. That's what I always say. Now shut up. Jack, I still don't see where we come in. Thank you, Aggie. We're part of Jonathan's ambition. He writes the play. We put it on. I thought you said it was going to be exciting. It is. Don't see how. He writes the play, we do all the work, and he gets all the publicity. No. We put on the play, and we get to be on television. Think of the publicity. Think of the audience figures. Think of the new members clamouring to join, to act next to the latest stars of stage, screen, and... Uh... Labour exchange. Have you gone mad, Jack? If they wanted to, they could make us the right... Bunch of idiots. I'm sure they wouldn't do that, Robert. I've seen some of the documentaries these people come up with. And I wouldn't be too sure, Jack. Look, can we stop being so negative and look at it as an opportunity and not a threat? 
If any of you have any aspirations to further your careers in the acting field, then uh, this is a perfect opportunity for you. You never know who will be watching out there. Oh, yes. Someone might discover me. We've already discovered you. And claimed you for the British Empire. <laughs> as long as neither one of you tries to plant a flag on her. Oh, oh, no. Why don't you two be serious for once? Sharon's quite right. Someone might very well discover her. I mean, it's happened before. Some world-famous models have been noticed just walking down the street. Being on the telly must increase your chances no end. Hmm, suppose so. But there's no chance for us. Oh, yes, there is. Just think what happened to Buster Merrifield. Who's he? Well, he used to be a bank manager. Then he retired. Then he decided to become a professional actor. Everyone thought he was crazy. What chance did he have? But then it happened. What? The guy who played the grandfather in Only Fools and Horses died. And who got the replacement job as the uncle? Buster Merrifield. So there's hope for you two yet, lads. I'm not sure about this. Oh, go on. What have you got to lose? I don't know. What about you? I don't see why not. How much more foolish could I look than when we did that pantomime? Nobody knew you were the back end of the cow. Until you tried to milk me. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, gentlemen, have you quite finished? In my opinion, we have an opportunity to bring the group to the attention of the public Uh, whether or not we look foolish. I think all that matters is that we look as though we're having fun. In a Jonathan production? Fake it, darling, as Alfred Hitchcock once said. Hmm. I never needed to fake it before. I usually perform with people... Yes, yes, (laughs) we know. Now, as there are some dissenters, shall we take a vote? All in favour? Against? Oh, good, we have a majority. I'm sure Jonathan will be delighted that you're going to support him in this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. By the way, Jack, what's the play? Do you know? I'm not sure. Well, hasn't he told you? Well, no. I'd found out a bit quick, Jack. He could be thinking of all sorts of things. What was that famous stage direction? Hannibal crosses the Alps on his elephant. And look what happened when Wagner had free reign with his ideas. Flying horses, naked women swimming in midair. You're not seriously suggesting he might have some uh, some extravagant... Yes, Jack, the man was almost a certifiable megalomaniac before this. Goodness knows what he'd be like now. Yes, Tony, yes, I know it's difficult. Yes, yes, I know. I am aware of the lighting difficulties and the sound. But that's what you get paid for. Trust me, it'll be fine. Have I ever let you down before? That's right. Okay. Well, well, listen, I'll ring you later, and if there's any more information... uh, Okay, yes. Yes? Yes, I'll make sure the briefcase is pointing in the right direction. Bye. Alistair, darling, there you are. How's the traffic? Oh, impossible as ever. Nice to see you, Jonathan. So, how have you been getting on? Oh, the play, you mean? Oh, slowly... Slowly, darling, you've no idea how difficult it is having to simplify the whole thing so those idiots will be able to play it. Are you sure we have to use the -the off-the-wall theatre group? I'm afraid you do, Jonathan. It's part of the deal, you see. The whole idea of the Big Idea series is to show the individual struggle to achieve his greatest ambition, but without any unfair advantages. I mean, if we gave you the Royal Shakespeare Company to play with, what challenge would there be in that? But to use an amateur group, the group that you work with day in, day out, warts and all, now that really is a challenge. That'll make really good viewing for us all. I suppose so. 
I mean, how would it have been if Michael Palin had gone everywhere on his travels in a private jet? Just wouldn't have been the same show now, would it? No, I suppose not. But it would have been just oh, so nice to have been able to have some real actors for a change. Ah, but just think of it. If this comes off, your next show could well be in the West End, you know. <gasps> Do you really think so? Of course, I'm sure of it. Now, how far have you got with the script? Well, I finished the first draft, but I'm not particularly happy with it. Did you bring a copy for me? Yes, yes, it's on this disc. Fine, fine. I look forward to reading it later. Now, more importantly, are you confident that you can make the schedule we talked about? Um, well... Well, you've got to be absolutely um... certain, Jonathan. There are expensive resources to be booked. Equipment to be allocated to the project, cameramen, sound recordists, editing technicians, and so on. We can't have them sitting around with nothing to do just because you're not satisfied with the latest draft. Time is still money, you know. But I need to produce my best work. I can't produce a masterpiece under this pressure. Sure you can, Jonathan. No, 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 really. I need more time. We're really on a tight schedule here. Don't let us down, Jonathan. No, of course. I'll be seeing you. And remember, this is your big idea and your big chance. Yes, yes. You don't sound quite as sure as you did earlier, Jack. No. No, I'm sure it's the right thing to do. It's just something Barney said that worried me. I hadn't thought to ask what Jonathan was writing. What if he comes up with something we just aren't up to performing? Like what, Jack? Well, that's the trouble. I, I don't know. I just don't understand. What could he possibly come up with that we couldn't perform? You must have something in mind. It's not so much that we couldn't perform it. It's more that we might not be able to do it justice. What about costumes? What if it needs really elaborate costumes? What about the set? Could we afford to hire a really complicated set? What if it needs special effects? Pyrotechnics? Jack, Jack, if you start thinking like that, you'll go mad. You just need to ask him. Who? Jonathan. He's written it by now. He must know what's involved. In fact, I'm sure he would have written it with us in mind. You are? Of course. Wouldn't you? Well, yes, but but I'm not Jonathan. Ah, oh, yes, I see what you mean. Do I dare ring him? I think you should, just to put your mind at rest. Right. I'll do that then. It'll be a disaster. I think you're right. Oh, I don't know. It might be fun. One of Jonathan's shows ever been fun? Yeah, take your point. Well, the last show we did was fun. Jonathan didn't direct it. Yeah, right. But why can't they all be like that? What, like the importance of being earnest? Didn't you know Jonathan refused to direct earnest? Why? Well, if I remember the conversation, it had something to do with the fact that in Jonathan's opinion, Oscar Wilde only wrote one work that Jonathan regarded as sufficiently serious to even bother to read. And that was? The Ballad of Reading Jail. Never heard of it. (laughs) Exactly my point. In other words, sweetheart, the fact that Ernest was hysterically funny and that the audiences loved it ruled it out as being insufficiently intellectual for Jonathan to pay any attention to. As far as Jonathan was concerned, it was on the same level as a Brian Ricks farce. That bodes well for the play, then. Looking on the bright side, it could be brilliant. (laughs) But on the other hand, it's uh, unlikely. My Uncle George wrote a play once. Oh, yes. It had a funny title. I can't remember what it was called now. 
but it was about a man who had a bet that he could turn a young cockney flower girl into a princess. That's my fair lady. No, it wasn't that. It was something about a pig. Sure. <laughs> yes, that was his name. Sure. As I was saying, I find it hard to believe that Jonathan has sufficient originality to write anything of his own. From my experience, he's got no sense of humour, no understanding of character, and can't string more than three words together into a coherent sentence. Unless he's shouting or complaining, that is. And you forgot to say, no imagination. So I did. So what's it likely to be? I haven't got a clue. Nor me. Well, we'll just have to wait and see, I suppose. In the meantime, mine's a half, whoever's buying. Yeah, mine's a large one. Yeah, so you keep telling me. (laughs) Whose round is it anyway? Sharon, I think. Where is she? Well, she was here just now. Did she say where she was going? Don't remember. She's probably just trying to get her out of buying a round, I expect. Do you really think she's likely to get spotted? Sorry. You know, discovered. No idea. She is very lovely. We know that. Depends on whether the camera likes her. Sorry? Well, it depends on whether she looks good on the screen. <laughs> She'd look good anywhere. Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> the camera distorts things. But there are some people who just suit screens. And she may be one of them. What would it mean to? We haven't even made this thing yet. I think it's a bit early to be planning Sharon's screen career yet. Be a shame to lose her. Don't even think about it. Don't forget it's a Jonathan production. That's a bit like being on board the Titanic. You might think it's unsinkable, but there's sure to be an iceberg somewhere. That was the first episode of Big Idea, a comedy in six parts performed by the Concept Players Theatre Company. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. And if you want to tell us what you thought, you can contact me at nigel.holloway at xmas-carol.co.uk. I look forward to hearing from you.